Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is Not Quite Therapy with Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. Yeah, so much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? Let's get into it. Hey, Brian. Hey, how's it going? It's going. That is a perfect answer. Um, Brian. Yes. This is our last show of the season. You know, and I, you, um, if what feels like an eon ago when you said 12, I thought, holy cow, how, how are we going to do this for 12 weeks, 12 right. hours, 12, that mm-hmm. just seems like an insane amount of, and then it's gone. Just like that. Just like that, it's gone. And we haven't killed each other. Have we helped, though? <laughs> have, we done, have we done anything productive? I don't know. Um, today, I'm going to send our audience away with homework for the hiatus. Perfect. So we'll be back in October to talk to you guys about dating and divorce and parenting and the holidays. Yeah. Jingle bells, jingle bells. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> so we're going to do that. And that's going to be fun. Yep. And in the meantime, we're going to give you guys homework. Perfect. Finally, someone else getting homework around here. Yes. I'm, I'm sick of being the only one with homework. <laughs> you have had a lot of homework. <laughs> You've okay. been a pretty I, good sport. I don't mind. Like I said, we, have, we, we haven't killed each other. Yeah. We've only fought like seven times. <laughs> Has it been seven, though? I, I don't, don't feel like it's been seven. I, I've only been chastised for things I've said to you off the air. <laughs> Not once have I made a remark in this place that has been brought to my attention later in a negative manner. So I think that's we're sort couple, of ahead of the game. A couple of times we've been a little bit heavily edit- edited, but yeah. <laughs> producer John stepping in in the clutch. Yeah, we're we're glad to have the guy here. Yeah, buddy. So, um, since it is our finale, let's talk about our drink. Yes, uh, it's a celebratory. Wait, wait, wait. let me play the music. <laughs> is it hot in here? Are you parched? I'm parched. Edit that out. How about a drink? <laughs> How to Do Cocktails is brought to you by How to Do Life, a podcast about, well, how to do life. You can listen to How to Do Life right here, where you're hearing us now, or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer How to Do Life Right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. A lot of things just happened. Dude, during that, that was. The, <laughs> how long, John? How long is that little break? Is that like I twenty mean, then, seconds. What is it? Like maybe forty seconds. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. 38 seconds. A lot I, happened in that time. We we cheers. She forgot, I to, forgot tap to tap the tap. table. You I was pointing that out to her. Then I sloshed <laughs> our beverage all over my lap. And um, now I've got wet pants. <laughs> Great. I was impressed that you actually had a napkin available. Well, it, yes. I'm, like, I come prepared. I'm a Boy Scout. <laughs> Not really. Um, so tell the people what we're drinking. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Not enough of it is what the answer is. Uh, it is a celebration. What's the... Um, of sorts. What's the uh, Dave Chappelle 
uh, Dave, the old Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. Charlie Murphy, you say, it's a celebration, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so today's beverage is champagne. Champagne. We got, we got bubbles. Champagne. Champagne. And I, my French is horrific. Um, and, and you were kind enough to be the uh, go the gopher on this one. Oh, so um, this one, when I first started drinking this particular champagne, I had Siri say it to me like a hundred times so that I could learn to say it. Mm. Vuve Cliqua. Vuve Cliqua. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so we're drinking Vuve. Um, Vuve is a delicious um, wine from... The Champagne you, region. Oh, they said wine. I did. I, I, and then you said it. rum. I was like, no, what? No, no, no that no. was from. Um, okay. It's uh, it's from the Champagne region. So it's real champagne. Yes. Um, you, everything else is sparkling uh, wine or prosecco. Or yeah, one of those it's kind of like like we call it champagne, but like, it's not. Like we call Kleenex. Right. Kleenex. Like it's a name but, brand, but it's really not unless it's from the Champagne region. Yeah. And um, this is it's pretty good stuff. I like it, this stuff. This stuff's about forty five bucks a bottle. This is good stuff. My um, uh, my palate is n- not so sophisticated, and so a lot of champagnes taste. Oh, I'm telling you, you're getting more. <laughs> um, a lot of champagnes taste the same to me, but I will say that this one is quite tasty. It's not. Um, some of them are too dry, and some of them are too sweet, and this is striking a good balance. I like it's a brute. I like for my champagnes to taste. A little briny, a little bit like the sea, a little bit of like oyster shell. You get that in a in a dom sometimes, and I really like that. that this is where it, I wish I, we I had see, video. I'm just over here shaking my I head. I see. I like my champagne to have a little oyster shell quality. <laughs> I do. I just, yeah. That's my favorite primary flavor. So I used to have. Briny. Um, well, you know, okay, briny. like yeah. the, I'm I'm not a complete, you know, uh, Neanderthal pig. So <laughs> when you say that, I can kind of close my eyes and get there a little bit. Like you said, it's not. Salty, but it is a little savory. There's a little bit of a, yeah. a, a, a je ne sais quoi to it. <laughs> Very French of you. Oui, oui. <laughs> Pardon. You so this is like a, a real drinking champagne. Like if we were making mimosas, we <laughs> right. would get like the garbage that's like $3. We would get, you know. Yeah, like, I wouldn't go that low, but if, I'm with you. I, I, I might I might go that low. This is a um, champagne for champagne's sake. This is I would not drink, a mixing champagne. Like if I was champagne. drinking like a 15 to $20 bottle, I'd probably do um, Shandon. Is is one that is okay. Um, this is my like forty five dollar special occasion sort of mm-hmm. entry level special occasion mm-hmm. champagne. Now, when I was married, my ex husband and I bought a case of two thousand three Dom Perignon, and we were going to like give it to our children, like give them a bottle when they got married. Like we had all these oh, like wow. special occasions because that was the year that we got married, two thousand three. Gotcha. And we had all these things we were going to do with it, and what happened is. As we went through the divorce and when we separated, yeah, I would drink that shit on a Tuesday night. Funny. <laughs> like it was, uh, it was um, not not a good scene, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not a good scene. But I do like champagne, and I do like that it's light and it's bubbly, and I like the glasses that you brought. Tell yes. us about these glasses. These are, um, when you think of champagne glasses, you think of, I traditionally would think of a champagne flute. Yes. But if you've ever mm-hmm. seen... Like an old Indiana Jones movie or anything from like Allied. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I didn't know what it was called, but you, but Allied is a show. I still don't know what these glasses are called, but they're the wide-topped, very shallow champagne glasses. Yeah. And these are actually antiques. These and they're belonged. they're old-timey, and I really yeah. like them. Like yeah. they're a little bit difficult to drink out of, honestly. Well, like, hence my but, sloshing spill earlier. <laughs> yeah, had I had a big really funny, champagne though. flute, I wouldn't have doused my thigh. But I'm really happy because it was really funny. Yeah, and I needed that. Um, but these are <laughs> these are antiques. 
antiques. These belonged to a grandmother somewhere up the line, maybe even a great grandmother. But they're they're not overly fancy glasses, but they do have, you know, gold rims and and you know these and this and that, and they're kind of kind of hoity-toity. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Like it makes it feel extra special. Yeah. But when my niece graduated college, I bought her a pretty decent bottle of champagne, mm-hmm. and I gave her instructions like. You don't shake this shit up and like spray it around the room, like or do, I was like, and you champagne get, showers, right? I was like, you don't. This is not what this is. I'm like, you get the right glasses. Yeah. And I told her she had to get glasses like the. I'm like, when you drink this, you drink it right, and you chill it to this temperature. I was very very specific with her, and I never did get the follow up if she did as I as I instructed, but yeah, you know, that, I'm that trying to locate her. the name of this type of champagne glass. Oh. Well, go for it. You do that. <laughs> and um, while you do that, let's move into foreplay. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? Want to fool around? Uh, what are we talking about here? Like first base, second base? <laughs> Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. Uh, it's called a champagne coupe. C-O-U-P-E. A shallow, broad bowled, saucer shaped stemmed glass, generally capable of containing 180 to 240 milliliters of liquid. I like that you found that, and I like that you found that like during this break. We're we're really making good use of our of our breaks there. I didn't spill anything. Was that anything? thirty seconds there? That, that, yeah, that was a pretty good search window for. I, I yeah, feel good about it. Good. I feel good about it. I like it. it. Yeah. So we're going to do something a little different today. Um, usually, when we get to the down and dirty, is when we talk about like the. Uh, parenting stuff or like the the quote meaty stuff but today i felt like the meatier stuff was what i actually had wanted to do for the foreplay topic so we're going to kind of switch them so we're going to do the um the parenting stuff first so that then we can leave the people with the homework at the end perfect so let's talk about okay we're we're gonna leave right we're going on a break brian yes we're taking a break yeah we need a break (laughs) (laughs) i need a vacation for my vacation yes exactly and when we come back it'll be for the holidays yes and we're going to talk about managing holiday breaks with a Mm co-parent how you handle your vacation time Mm -hmm. new traditions that you develop Mm -hmm. for the holidays Mm -hmm. old Mm -hmm. traditions and how you still maintain them when you're divorced those kind of things so i thought today we would kind of do a summer version of that topic okay so let's talk first about do you guys have any like weekly traditions or like like is every friday night pizza or is like do you have any kind of things that that you do with your kids that you know are kind of like like they kind of know and expect we we do this on wednesdays or we do you have Uh, anything like that the answer is no but i see value in it and i would like to adopt some of those habits um the closest thing is you know there are a lot of tuesdays where i will make tacos but it's not a hard and fast rule, and the kids mm-hmm. don't come home clamoring for Taco Tuesday, you know? Right, right, right. Um, you know, f- Friday night, we'll oftentimes uh, watch a movie or go out to dinner. Mm-hmm. If there's a night that we're going to do something different, it'll be that that day, Friday. But uh, no, no hard and fast traditions, like game night or anything like that. You know, we, sometimes we play games, but... You know. I wouldn't say ours are hard and fast. I would say that Friday night often ends up being pizza. Yeah. I would say that there's usually at least one night. It usually ends up being Wednesdays for us that we go to the clubhouse in our neighborhood. Um, and we do dinner there. Sometimes it's kids night there. Right, <laughs> you know? right. um, so we do that. Um, 
not hard and fast, but my son likes to do trivia. Yeah. So we'll usually do, you know, trivia night. Like that's something that we try to put on the calendar. He likes to know when it is and, you know, when we can go do that. And, you know, I like those kind of things. You live in a community that has a, uh, has a clubhouse, as you said. Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. a a central gathering spot for social events in the neighborhood, which I think is cool. I think that's sort of a a benefit of living in that sort of a place. I just live in a neighborhood. And and so I got to kind of fake it till I make it. Um, apart from like measuring the grass and the lo- and the uh, mailboxes, my HOA doesn't do anything really fun. Um, so and you yeah. live in a place with a lot of rules, but no fun. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And so I live we in a make place that tries fun. to give us some fun, you know, to, to right. go with our rules. There you go. I can appreciate that. That's why it's so. You know, that's what they that's what they pay the big bucks. Yeah, Come up like with fun. Uh, the way that our community swimming pool wor- works right now is you have to sign up for these two hour blocks. Like it's yeah. not you can't just go when you want to go. Right. So. We kind of do a little bit of that. Like we'll sit down and we'll look through the list of who's signed up and who we want to be there with or who we want to avoid. <laughs> uh, that's fun. You know, so we're like, oh, well, we'll sign up and we'll go do this. Um, Not the Johnsons. Ooh, we're we out of here. We don't want to do that. Yeah, they're no fun. That's funny. Um, yeah, so we kind of have, I guess, some weekly tradition kind of things like that. Do you have any like daily stuff? Like do you have like do you all sit down and eat dinner together or is yes. it you do i like that lately we have been i again i think i've said this before my kitchen table has sort of become my office mm-hmm. for the time being and so uh, we are typically eating in the living room sort of gathered around the coffee table kind of we surround the coffee table like a dinner table but we do all eat together uh, they're not allowed to just take their food to their rooms things like that right so I, and i do cook 90 percent of the time Probably, I love that. Probably more than that. I'm trying Nin- to do better. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot better with it. Yeah. You know? But um, for a long time, that wasn't it, you know? Yeah. And I did have angst about it because I felt like, I feel like food is a memory maker and food is yeah. like a bonding thing for a family. And I'm like, what are my kids' memories going to be like? The drive through at Wendy's, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, the junior all, bacon cheeseburger is yeah. where it's at, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we will gather around the coffee table and uh, sometimes we'll just hang out. Sometimes there'll be a TV show on. Uh, lately it's been, we've been watching the office. Oh, that's cute. And so the kids will sit there and tolerate an episode or two of the office mm-hmm. while we sort of sit around and eat our, eat our grub and get out of there. My kids are into this show right now called Creeped Out. And it's like Weird. a, like a kid's horror series. Oh, it's there's a, a book super series. super cute. About, yeah. Yeah. It's like, actually, I was surprised how much I liked it. You know, because huh. a lot of times my kids and I don't watch the same thing. We only have one TV in our house. We only okay. have the living room TV. Now, of course, they have devices sure. and, and whatnot. But um, we only have the one TV. And a lot of times we just kind of take turns with it. And a lot of times it's mine, honestly. Yeah. Like, they'll go up to their rooms with their devices or whatever. So, you know, we just kind of... When we do all agree on something, we will watch it. And it is funny. Like, I guess it's a tradition or a ritual. My son likes, he's a horror film guy. Like, interesting. He's into. Like real horror films? Or yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah. He saw The Exorcist when he was like eight. Yeah. Like, And it was so funny because I had never seen it and I was watching it with him. So we have a thing that we do every year when his dad takes my daughter to the father-daughter dance, which she's aged out of now. But every year when that happened, he and I had a date night. Yep. And it was always the horror movie of his choice. That is so funny. And I don't care for them. Like, I I really don't. But it's the thing that I do with my son. And we were watching The Exorcist. He's like eight years old. I pause it. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, are you okay? Like, Like, what do you think of this? How do you feel about it? And he looks at me. I swear to God, his sweet little heart. Brian, he says... Mom, I want you to understand that those are actors 
And these are camera tricks. <laughs> and these are camera tricks. And if you're really, really scared, you can just look at me, okay? He said that. <laughs> Holy cow. He, he gets into, like, questions. Like, how do you think they achieve that viscosity so that it actually looks like blood? And Corn I'm like, what? I, I'm like, I... I <laughs> He's going to be some kind of filmmaker. Like, this is its what his calling is. It's that his is destiny, hilarious. you know. But, yeah, that that's kind hilarious. of a, like, a tradition in our family. We watched The Invisible Man the other day. He really wanted one? to watch that. Yeah. It was really good, surprisingly good. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it. Where I is was, it? On, just on demand or Netflix? Or I, think we, I think we paid for it. it yeah, I think, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they, it was a theatrical release, but they put it out on demand because so mm-hmm. no one's going to theaters these days. Yeah. So, yeah. 2020 has thrown a wrench in a lot of weird stuff, but um, but yeah, that's the on-demand movie things is cool. Yeah. And I like to watch with them. Like, I bring a lot of 80s movies into their lives and yeah. 80s music too. It's really important to me that my kids learn about good music. Sure. <laughs> you know, like so. What are you saying? That Post Malone isn't good music? Actually, I like Post Malone. Okay. <laughs> Kodak Black. We're or... not we're not hating Posty. We're oh, no, fine. No, no, no. No. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I do. I want them to know certain things. And I will tell you that sometimes my lessons, because it's, it's kind of like a lesson occasionally. Okay. Sometimes my lessons, I jump from band to band. And there was one day that we did like Billy Joel and The Cure. And then like a couple months later, a song came on and I said, do you know who this is? To my daughter. And she's like, it was like Piano Man. And she's like, The Cure? <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, nah, no, no, like we, we're gonna have to revisit this. <laughs> so, you thought you were doing so well. I thought I was doing so well. Now know? the risk you run. Now I've got a an, an acquaintance of mine who is raising their kid essentially to be quote unquote that guy when it comes to music. Oh yeah. So like you know this this dad is all into some old you know. I don't know what you'd call it. 80s, of course, call it in a broad category, 80s music. But it's like 80s sort of new age back right, right. then. Sort All of, right. you know. mm-hmm. And so he'll, he'll play, a, a song will come on the radio and he'll videotape his kid and he'll pause the song and say, all right, Junior, you know, what's the band? And the kid will say, uh, that is, you know, you know, The Clash. And he's like, good, good. Who's the drummer? And the kid's like, uh, oh Billy Johnson. And he's like, great. And he was like, what year was it made? He's like, uh, 1983. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this kid is like t- I mean, 12, 11, 12. I'm like, you're setting that kid up to be a nerd. I guess if the kid... <laughs> If the kid enjoys it, if I, this is a, th- then the, yeah, you know, but like he, you're just, you're, you're, you're indoctrinating your child into being unpopular <laughs> at parties. <laughs> maybe. Or you're giving him a really cool party yeah, trick. Yeah, maybe you're Look giving him like lining. a, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're giving him a talent. You're giving him something I've to told set you him that apart. My son has like this crazy photographic memory. With dates? Like, dates, that, dates. Yeah. And yeah, so. There's a word for that. Some, something will happen and. It'll be like there'll be a Michael Jackson song on, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, Michael Jackson. He died on this date. He was born here. You know, like um, this is this was you know a history of his career. Like, and he just knows it. And I'm like, and it is actually really neat, you know. But my son gets really angry when I quote pull out the parlor trick. Like he doesn't like it. Like, yeah. like, like if you were to meet my son, and I would be like, hey, 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 watch this, Brian. Um, hey, um, kiddo, what day of the week was July seventh, nineteen eighty four? What he'll do now is he'll say one day wrong. He'll say, yeah. like, if it's Wednesday, he'll say Thursday. Yeah. Because 
then the trick isn't fun. And he's like, mom, I hate it when you do that. Like, I hate it. So I try not to do it. I think it's really neat. And if yeah. I could do it, I would do it all day long and just yeah. be that asshole. <laughs> like, look at my cool skill. That but is called, my son is not into that. It's called HSAM and maybe called autobiographical memory or eidetic memory. Hmm. People with this type of memory recall events, images, dates, and even conversations in minute detail. So they'll, he'll remember those kinds of things in his own life, but then he's also able to like project back beyond before he existed. He is, yeah. That's cool. I, like, he's going to smoke my, his my history favorite, classes. My favorite um, example of it was my daughter. This was six months, maybe a year ago. My daughter's like, man, we should make s'mores. We haven't had s'mores in forever. And my son's like, yeah, we haven't had s'mores since we were on that camping trip on July 15th, 2018. Like, I mean, he knew exactly when and where him and his sister had last had a s'more. That's funny. <laughs> it was like, wow. Like, That's wild. It must be neat. You know, like, that is a cool thing. It must be neat. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, uh, imagine never having to lose a, a memory like that. Right. That, that'd be kind of cool. And the, the thing is, like, because of this, <clears throat> I never doubt him. Like, and like I said, he likes trivia. So he will not answer the trivia question. He will not wager a guess unless he's 100% sure. Yeah. Like, if he tells us the answer, if he tells the grown-up table the answer for trivia, that's the answer. <laughs> like, bing, bing, that bing. is 100% right. going to be Write the right down. answer. Because, like, he, like, if I ask him and he doesn't know, he just won't even yeah. answer it all. He's like, I don't know. You know? Yeah. But one day, the question for trivia was something like... Um, this product was originally developed as this this children's toy was originally developed as a wallpaper cleaner, right? And we're like, ooh, you know, silly putty, silly putty, you know, like that that sounds right. And and we're like writing it down. And my son walks over, he goes, Hey, just so you know, mom, you guys are wrong. It's Play-Doh. Huh. And we were like, All right, it's Play-Doh. <laughs> like, change it to what the child says right away. That's funny. So do you and your kids, like, traditions-wise, do anything different than when you were married? Like, do you guys have some um, things that you kind of developed that are yours? Uh, you know, not yet. I think we're still sort of hashing it out. Um, I've started saving the bottoms of my Christmas trees. So I've now had two Christmas trees since I was separated slash divorced. Mm -hmm. And I've had two Christmas two Christmases with them and just them. And so I've saved that bottom slice of the Christmas tree and I've written the years on them. So Aww, I've, I've got those hanging out. That's really cute. So that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure if they know, <laughs> I don't even know if they know I'm doing it or not, but I'm doing it. It's a fun tradition for me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, we uh, more holidays with my parents, obviously. Um, but, you know, not really traditions, so to speak. I, f I feel like, you know, my... When my second daughter, <clears throat> I think when I, when my kids turn 13, when my younger two kids turn 13, eventually I will do something special for them. But I probably would have done that anyway, even if mm -hmm. I had still been married. Um, but uh, as far as new traditions are concerned, I don't know. I, I'm, I, was, I wouldn't ever claim to be a superior planner of special events. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm more likely to have like a really great sort of one-off idea where I make a big deal out of one thing and we go out and make memories that way as opposed to a recurring yeah. monthly tradition or annual tradition, things like that. I, I just, because my family didn't have big annual traditions. Like, yeah, like for Easter, we used to always go to my grandmother's house or my grandpa, my grandfather's house on the lake. Like we always, every Easter was that. So there's been traditions, quote unquote, around holiday type things mm -hmm. with family. But, um, but that's about all I can really kind of come up with. The one thing that 
I actually started when I was married and that I still do is um, we do a summer Christmas. Oh, interesting. Summer Christmas just happens when it happens. There's no set date. There's no planning. And I actually like it better than regular Christmas as <laughs> such because it's there's no pressure. There's it's it's not work. It's not whatever you know. And so the kids will just wake up on a random day in June, July, or August, and I'll have a teeny tiny little like fake Christmas tree, like like a little plastic one, you know that yeah. like, comes with the you know like the pre hung yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was set it in the middle of the coffee table, uh-huh. and you only get a couple things. And usually it's kind of like stuff that you needed, maybe. Sure. You know what I mean? But when you wake up, Bing is singing only for me. Just for me. Nobody else is listening to Bing, you know? Like, <laughs> But my Spotify, you know, I've got the Christmas music on. Um, what we used to do when I was married, and we kind of dropped this part of it, is we would also make a turkey on that day. And it would oh, also funny. be Thanksgiving, you know? Um, and I kind of dropped that part of it because I didn't cook, but maybe I'll bring it back because yeah. now I do cook, you know? And, uh, yeah, so fake Christmas, summer Christmas. Like, there's candy and, like, just a couple things, like whatever fits on the coffee table. Interesting. It's not, like, a big thing, you know? You wrap and, Christmas wrapping paper and there's the yeah, whole nine yards? Uh-huh, yeah. And, How funny and, is that? And there's Bing. And usually that afternoon I'm we'll going to totally steal that idea. You should. It's so much fun. Huh. And like we'll watch like Elf that afternoon or Home Alone or something, there you, go. you know, and yeah, and then take a nap. I Great. think we should just <laughs> skip the last four or five months of the year and just go straight to just December straight anyway. To we have not had our summer Christmas yet this summer. I haven't had my kids the last couple of weeks. They've been at their dad's. Yeah. And um, when they come back, uh, like it was funny because, you know, they don't know when it's going to happen, but they know yeah. that it's going to happen. Yeah. And my son was on the FaceTime with me the other day and he's like, hey, I don't want to do this summer book report. I want to wait till I get to your house. I only want to do it then. And I'm like, when you come to my house, it's like five days until back to school. Yeah. And we've got to cram in school supply shopping and we've got to do summer Christmas. And he's like, did, did you did, did you just say summer Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> so this year it's pretty late. Like it's usually in July. But 2020 you know. feels like the year that has taken everything yeah, away from it's just, us. It's and just taken everything. Your kid was like, I had given up on summer Christmas. I, I thought year. it would never he's happen. Like, yeah. He's writing a, a, a memoir at age. No. Do you know what they're getting for summer Christmas this year? Uh, coronavirus masks? Um, actually, yes. I, I, did, I got them ones that match their school uniforms. But Amazing. I also got them this T-shirt that they both requested. They wanted it has one star out of five and yes. it says 2020 very bad do not recommend, not recommend i ordered yeah. those i ordered those for them and they're also that's getting funny. new bikes nice so it's a pretty serious summer christmas uh, this year. because i feel christmas. like 2020 sucks so let's yeah. get a new bike let's spend some get, let's spend some dough and make some memories <laughs> let's do it yeah awesome i heard we're getting another stimulus check so are we that's, I, that's what i heard oh man that's what i heard so don't tell me that congress got out of its own way long enough to accomplish something. i don't know we'll see um man so, but hopefully it's going to pay for some new bikes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, our listeners can look forward to tons of holiday tradition, fun stuff when we come back. Yes. I know they're going to miss us desperately. But Absolutely. in the meantime. And let's move on. Let's get into the down and dirty. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So you want to get this off your chest? Let's get down and dirty, babe. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run. All right. So the down and dirty today. We're going to talk about uh, some kind of a little bit like hokey philosophical um, kind of stuff. That The reason I didn't talk to you about it in advance is because I was like, Brian might think that this is stupid. 
but I don't care what Brian thinks is stupid. <laughs> you and the audience are going to find out at the same time. We are going to find out at the same time. We're going to find out. Because one thing I'm not feeling like today is is filtering for niceness. You're just going to get the full opinion. I, do you ever feel like that? You'd be surprised. Yeah. No, I've no with idea. me. No. <laughs> Never. I, I don't feel no. like I don't feel like you filter for niceness for my sake very frequently. No. Maybe other people get that. Probably so. <laughs> Carry on. What are we talking about? What bullshit are you going to bring me today? Though? Right. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be a little bit of bullshit today. Bring but... me. Bring me stuff to mock. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do wish there was video just for like a moment like that. I almost spit take some champagne <laughs> out of my lap again, but I saved it. Today we are going to talk about. Setting intentions and making space for appropriate things in your life for the things that you want. I found a super hokey dokey like article that mm-hmm. I'm going to put into the link. I don't know if I even like this article, but I felt like it inspired the spirit of kind of what we're going to talk about today. Okay. Um, I'm also going to do a link up to an article that I wrote, which this has been really nice lately that we're revisiting things that. I have already written extensively about, which is Perfect. nice. Um, we're putting up a link to an article that I wrote called The Dream Man List. And this is like the idea that you can decide the kind of partner that you want, decide the thing, like with intention, set forward what you will and won't accept and the qualities and characteristics that are important to you. Sure. Um, so that you look for those things in your partner. You look for people who kind of embody those things in your life. Makes sense. Um, and I I wanted to see what I had written and kind of if I had internalized it, because I probably wrote this article a year ago, maybe maybe more than a year ago. I don't know. <clears throat> and I, I pulled it out and I read it, and I'm like, oh, well, I have something new to add to it. you know. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's the things that I want in a partner and kind of a how to write your own list of things that you might want for a partner. And yep. I hope that our listeners go on and check it out and – you don't have to read my list. You don't have to like my list. Like you don't have to think that what I think is cool right. is what you think is cool at all. But it's just being mindful about what you want to bring into your life, basically. Yeah, um, I've heard that phrase, setting your intention or setting intention. It's like a, it's something that yoga instructors say at the beginning of class. Yeah, like, people are starting to do these vision boards and shit. You know, set like, your intention mm-hmm. for this practice today. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think there should be bells tolling and things like that. And it's a Yoda y sound. You mm. sounded kind of Yoda. <laughs> Don't um. make me do my Yoda impression. I'm not going to do <laughs> oh, it. Do you have a Yoda? Yes, do it. <clears throat> no, I cannot do it. <laughs> Please. <clears throat> Please. I need joy today. Do a Yoda impression. <clears throat> Said your intention, you must. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that John's in there laughing too. Oh, this, that made me happy. Thank you. I Champagne. <laughs> Delicious it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> do, do, the re- do the rest of the show this way, I must. Mm, funny that is. Oh my God. John's is great. <laughs> John, John is better. <laughs> Do it again, John. Uh, my, my glasses are fogging up. Mm, champagne it must be. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am so happy with you two right now. <laughs> two, two of my brain, the bubbles have gone. Oh, my God, for sure. Uh, oh, that, that's delightful. Uh, I'm really happy that oh, we're here doing this today. Oh, Finale. Right? <laughs> quality, quality listening. Listen, okay. I'm going to set my intention on not being a jackass for the rest of the show. Uh, that's never going to work. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so my new addition to like my dream man list. Like, so as you have it's Yoda impression, <laughs> definitely not. No, a Yoda impression is not imperative to me. But what I have learned. So as I've had an, another relationship that I've kind of gone through and that's kind of come to a close, I'm like, what was great about that relationship, and what you know maybe could have been improved. And one of the things that I learned is that I don't want someone who kind of molds to me yeah like i'm a strong personality but i don't want someone who like kind of blindly goes with my plans i don't think it's taken me a long time to get here but i don't think i want someone who lets me do whatever i want i want to know that i want to know what my partner wants too so that i can kind of like flex my accommodation muscles you know what i mean right like so that i can be a better partner Someone willing to bring a strong opinion, but also work out a legitimate compromise is important. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like... I don't want a rollover partner either. Right. And And I'm tired. I feel like I kind of was a rollover partner for a while, and I'm kind of tired of doing that too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like making people happy, but if you just mold to me, I don't even get the chance to find a way to make you happy, you know, because... I don't really know what you want. I Like, if you're just a reflection of me and right. my desires, like, you want to be supported. You know, you want somebody to support your dreams and your desires and whatnot, but you also want someone to have their own opinion, yeah. you know? And I think that's really important, you know? Yeah. And so... That takes a lot of confidence on both sides, right? Like, yeah. if you come with your intentions or if you come with your goals or your dreams and, and I've got legitimate... Uh, legitimate reasons why that's not a good idea to pursue right now hypothetically Mm -hmm. or you know if that's if i've got a legitimate concerns that would lead to maybe putting that on pause for a moment like there's a fine line between being a sounding board and feeling attacked right and so you've got a it takes two strong personalities to be able to have that kind of a conversation without it degrading into a conflict and sort of an attack and response well and it takes somebody to like i would like to be able to show someone my willingness so if i'm like i want to do this thing or i want to move here or i want to do this you know or like this is the thing i think that real trust in a relationship comes if somebody does say it's not the right time for me to be able to do that you know like i need time to do that then trusting that person that at some point that commitment will be fulfilled because i think what happens sometimes is we make these false promises i will make you happy in three years (laughs) you know i will go do the thing and you don't really have the intention to do that you know so i think that there's definitely a balance and you know some some things that have to be kind of worked on there but i think that you know, if you kind of take the time to know what kind of partner you want and to know what kind of life you want and what you want your life to look like, you're going to have an easier time in your relationships. And so that's really what I'm encouraging today. I'm encouraging that during this break, our listeners take a moment and try to figure out what you really want. Like, and we, we talked about Daniel Sloss last week and we talked about, you know, like, I might have things that I want and you might not be the person who can fulfill that and being honest enough, you know, as a relationship to kind of either work through that and figure out what the compromise is or to yeah. say this isn't a relationship that can progress, yeah. you know? And, and I feel like the, what's true in relationships is true in the rest of your life too. Like you've got to be sort of right-minded. Like I think how you, how you are in your relationships is how you are, is a reflection of how you are in so many other areas of your life. 
I feel like. And so I have been trying to focus lately. Uh, I'm reading a book called uh, Atomic Habits, and it's about how, you know, regardless of what your sort of vision for the final outcome might be, whatever your quote unquote goal might be, there's a, there's a lot of benefit to focusing not on the outcome, but on your current trajectory. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter that I haven't gotten there yet. If I'm orienting my life and making decisions and behaving in a way that aligns with that goal, then mm-hmm. I trust that I'm on a trajectory to get there and I keep doing the things that are going to be supportive of that end goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus if you set a goal and you wake up every day and you haven't gotten there yet, then in some ways every day becomes a little micro failure because you haven't grown your business or you haven't, you know, met the perfect person, or you have your kids aren't, you know, a students yet, or whatever the case, or you're still overweight, or or whatever the your your goal might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he plays a lot on. I'm very early in the book, but he plays a lot on another book that I've also read by uh, Scott Adams, who is the Dilbert cartoonist. Oh, okay. Have you ever read Dilbert? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a book. I'm going to butcher the title, but I think it's I think it's uh, How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big. Oh, and so cool. it's a it's a cool book about that sort of theory about just establishing a system of behaviors that support an outcome rather than being so myopic and focused on the outcomes. And I mean, well, first two <clears> things. <throat> first of all, we'll put links to both of those in the yeah. show notes. We'll do that. And the other thing is that's kind of why I mean, that's why I say like write down your intention, write down what you want and where you want to go. Because what happens for me, and I think for a lot of people. Sometimes I'll kind of write down this is where I want to go, and I know that that's the outcome. And then I kind of shelve it. Like I, I kind of put it aside and I don't look at it. And when I revisit it, like I don't get it out every day and I don't think yeah. about it at all. I just kind of wrote it down and I kind of made mental note. And somewhere in the back of my brain that seems to live. And it seems to, then when I look six months later or a year later, like I'm like, wow, I did a lot of things that pushed me toward yeah. where I wanted to be, you know, Um just because I took the time to think about where it was. And you do some things, like, quite frankly, subconsciously. Like, you, yeah. kinda, you kind of change your decision-making because somewhere in the back of your mind, you remember, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying right. to get there, you know? Right. So, so setting some intention is a good thing there. Um, another thing I want to talk about is kind of making space. So, like, making physical space mm-hmm. for the things that you might want in your life. Um, so, purging out things that don't fit or aren't useful anymore or aren't conducive to where you're trying to get and, um, you know, starting to live a little bit differently. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about, like I was talking about that I really like how all my stuff is where it is in my house and I really like my whole closet to myself and whatever. Yeah. Some people would say if you're looking for the right relationship for you, clear a space in your closet. Clear a space that somebody else, you know what I mean? Like, so make space, make physical space right. for someone else to come into your life if that's the thing that you want. And I'll tell you, this is a, kind of a weird story, but I don't know. It's kind of what triggered this off for me. Um, two things. First of all, um, I have a friend who is a professional photographer. She's awesome. Her name is um, Kylene, and she does Kylene and Ryan Studios. If anybody needs photos, of anything, of your family, of whatever. She's amazing. She's so great. Um, and Kylene's going to do some boudoir photos for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were looking through lingerie. And we were, you know, like, like this is what girls do when they hang out. <laughs> or what she and I do, okay, at least. I, was gonna say, I know <laughs> so, a lot of girls, they don't all do that. So, but okay. So we were looking through, like, my lingerie drawer. 
And I decided that I wanted a few new things. And so I kind of like, you know, did a little online shopping, you know, and kind of figured out what I wanted and I ordered some new things. And as I ordered these pieces, yeah, I thought... I thought for the first time in a while that being single is like an opportunity. I thought, who's going to come into my life that is going to like, like who's the like recipient of this? Do you know what I mean? Like who's yeah. going to, who's going to come and who gets you, the you, benefit from this? Yeah, yeah. Like, so these are new things that are coming into my life that are going to replace things that already have memories associated with them. And that leads me to like the other piece of it. And I actually pulled it. I'm, I'm not going to read it because it's embarrassing because I'm not a great poet. I'm a very good writer. I'm not an excellent poet. Um, but a poem that I wrote a few years ago um, is called A Closet Full of You. And it's basically about, for me, like garments. Like there are things. I, I'm a dress wearer. I wear a lot of dresses. <coughs> and I can attest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, some of my dresses are associated with like with memories. Yeah. You know? So you, I wore this to that event with him. You know, yeah, and yeah. and maybe subconsciously, every time you pull it out and you put it on, you think about that. You know, so totally. kind of trying to purge out some of those things that have heavy memories of certain people and certain you know things associated with them, and starting to replace with some new things that are who you are today and where you're headed today. Yeah, I'm not saying like throw away everything you own. Sure, you know, but I am saying that. I had an ex-boyfriend who, when he and I broke up, I had to get new pillows. I didn't want his pillow on my bed anymore. Yeah. I didn't want the pillow that smelled like him and those off, you know, teal sheets. So, like, look at look around your home and look at if you're holding on to something that is over. Yeah. And if you're ready to move past that sure. and make room for something new. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I feel like um, I think that's – I won't say that's a that's an entirely female thing, but I would say that's predominantly a female thing. That's funny because that's a question I wrote down to ask you, like, do boys but, do this, um, you know? <laughs> not that much, but I certainly – I mean, I'm I'm fairly emotionally engaged with myself. I, I kind of feel my feelings, you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are certain – like uh, there's a particular pocket square – that mm-hmm. was a gift that was that that I was given to wear to a special event. It it, it wasn't matchy matchy, but it went with my date's dress, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. And it was a sort of a it was intended for one event. And so every time I see that thing, I'm gonna think of that event and that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And that you know that has the potential if I'm if I'm feeling sort of emo. <laughs> to be a little bit of a downer, right? Um, and so I haven't worn that pocket square in a in a hot minute. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not sure that I want to get rid of it. But I I feel the feelings associated with the memories that come from an object. So yeah. that's not. And totally I don't think that foreign. you have to necessarily purge it or get rid of it. But you just yeah. have to be mindful of its influence on you. You know, and right. You know, maybe it needs to be put in a drawer, or maybe it needs to be like when yeah. I when I hiked the Camino. Yeah. One of the things that I took with me was that asshole's pillowcase, and I <laughs> threw it away at the end. Like, I took it with me with the intention that I was going to let it and him go. Interesting. At some point yeah. on this trip. I you can know? see that. And, I mean, it wasn't a magic trick. It wasn't like I threw away the pillowcase. And, and so all the feelings you know, like, went away. It's fine. 
fine now. It's totally it's like, fine. Like then write him a letter and burn it. You know <laughs> yeah, exactly. <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but I mean, just kind of having the, that intention, you know. And some things it, with continued use and continued wear can lose that significance. You know, sure. like I was just. I laid down and took a nap earlier today, and the blanket on my bed was a blanket that I bought specifically, like a lightweight blanket that I bought when I was dating this guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I looked at it today, and that went through my mind, but that hasn't gone through my mind in a long time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. kind of like, oh, you know, like, I just, I, I like this blanket, you know? Like, yeah. and So it kind of has lost, it's just the blanket on my bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not special. But if you want somebody new to move into your life, clinging super firmly to mementos from the past yeah. is difficult. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. Like, I remember my mom had a really hard time getting taking my dad's clothes out of the closet after he died. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I things that. like that. You know, like, 100%. I can see that, too. But she wasn't ready to let anything new move into her life in any way. She right. was still grieving something from before. You know? So yeah. when those objects either become neutral or become something that you can part with. Yeah. Maybe you have an opportunity to move something new in. Isn't Marie Kondo? Is she the clean? The, the, oh yeah, the she's declutter? the cleaning lady. The one that my kids say she got nothing on you, mom. <laughs> but yes, uh-huh. she's. Uh, you know, if it doesn't bring you joy, then get rid of it. And I feel right. like there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of validity to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably can't afford to replace your whole the whole wardrobe if, if it's that kind of a situation. But. You know, if, if you adopted that attitude, then there's a lot of things in your life that physically might not bring you joy, but, you know, and they don't have to bring you misery either. Right. But, um, you know, it's a, not a bad mindset to have. In the spirit <clears> of that, <throat> I um, I bought a new dress and I wore a new dress today I for new it, things. I saw it and I remarked yep, on it. I'm wearing did. an old pair of pants and an old shirt, but that's okay. Uh, and it was like $12. So See, there you go. You can find... And it's got pockets. It's, I know. It's great. I love the pockets. <laughs> <laughs> pockets in a dress is extra fun. Um. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, uh, like for me, I uh, I just had a bunch of work done at my house. You know that. Like yeah. I had new countertop, new granite, new whatever. And um, I went through a breakup recently. Uh-huh. And I know this is going to sound weird, but I did not want that breakup to happen at my house because this is the fresh new space. <laughs> totally get it. That yeah. is set for someone to come into right. that might be a good person and the right person to come sure. into my space. So I didn't invite the person that I was ending things with into my home to see the right. new space, like right. to see all the changes that have happened, you know, yeah. in the couple weeks that we, you know, have that he hadn't seen it and that, you know, we hadn't been together. I wanted to do that at his home, sure. you know, where, a, we had really happy memories. Like sure. it's, it's great, you know, and it's it's a fairly new house for him, you know. So I felt like I wanted to like leave good juju at his house, yeah, and not bring bad juju into my house. Makes sense, you know. So yeah. I just think that that's that's our homework. That's our what we want people to go do over the next. How long are we going to be gone? August, August September, September. October, three months, two and a half months. Yeah, two and a half months. Yeah. So over the next two and a half months, evaluate where you are, evaluate what you want, and then set some intentions. Don't make a vision board because that's just dumb. Like, don't do that. I mean, maybe, I guess, if that's your thing. If that's your if thing, you, if, if you're, you're a visual if that's person. Your thing, you yeah. Make your vision board. Um, but, like, do whatever is going to be meaningful for you to manifest yeah. the things yeah. that 
feel good to you and take, feel right to you. Take the opportunity to build build some new habits. Yeah. And uh, and you know, affirming your affirming yourself, you know, and affirming those around you, and and you know, sort of speaking positivity into into your life is uh, is certainly a, a big part of that for sure. Yeah. And if you put it out into the universe, you might get it back. You never know. You might not, but you, you might. might. What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? A stick. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, I want to thank everybody for listening yeah. to us. And I want to let everybody know we're going to come back. Probably. We'll see. <laughs> Most likely we're going to come Even back. with a cliffhanger. So. We should have staged like a fake fight and like, you know. That would have been we good. We should have been like, I think you're, you know. I hate you, Brian. I hate you too. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> Come back, you must. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything, Everything is, is fine. fine. Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Whew, those two are special. (laughs)